Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you're enjoying your Hoppin' John and your Black Eyed Peas and your Collard Greens and all that other stuff that really won't matter very much here pretty shortly. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? A year older. A year older, yeah. It's true. Good, good call by you. Um, we're, we're all a year older. I mean, it's just, it just, death creeps upon you like a, uh, an unwanted hug from an old aunt. Um, <laughs> that was very poetic. Uh, this episode, wow. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. We'll talk about LinkedIn here shortly. Also, thank you for making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys a ton. Um, we can wrap up the Sugar Bowl, and I guess that's what we, we should do first. I do want to get into the playoff game yesterday because you and I were both just incredibly, horrendously, uh, unbelievably wrong about TCU Michigan, even though I do have a I do have a theory there. I have a theory there, and I'll get back to that. Um, but as it stands, I want to continue paying uh, our respects and really just making this a podcast and homage to all things Bryce Young, who is uh, maybe the greatest single American in the history of this wonderful country. Um, Bryce Young, just doing Bryce Young things. He made yesterday so much fun for me. I keep watching that throw where he uh, scored with uh, Ja'Cory Brooks. He hooked up with Ja'Cory Brooks. Yeah. It, it was so unbelievable because when you go back and, and watch it, he sort of throws it. It's almost like, have you noticed like every pass for him that's over like 25 yards? It's like his right leg sort of kicks up a little bit, like he's having to give it everything he's got. But we also know that he could probably throw it five more yards if he had to. If he's throw, if he has to throw it 65 yards, he'll throw it 65 yards. But um, I guess I need to put my mic in front of my mouth. Um, yes, it, it, but anyway, that pass, it just it looked like it took everything he had, but it was just gorgeous, and it just floated right over the defender into the waiting arms. I mean, it's like Ja'Cory Brooks was standing there with his hands like this, like he had gone to um, to to some kind of Catholic mass, and he was like, "Just I just need one little loaf of bread," and and they just and the bread just falls right in there. It was gorgeous. It's been a while since I've been to mass. I don't remember loaves of bread, but I don't. But but I will agree that uh, I think the young the the young throw to Jacory Brooks may have been, and it will be fun to discuss this. We'll do the lee season. That may have been the best throw of Bryce's time at Alabama, which is saying a lot because he's almost certainly now going to be the first pick in the draft. That that throw was unreal. Uh, imagine, I think he threw it, what, about, would you, would you guess that was at least 50 yards in the air, maybe 55, but around 50 yards in the air. And imagine throwing a ball 50 yards in the air into a, a garbage can. You put a garbage can in the back corner of the end zone, and from 50 yards away, you you throw the football uh, into the garbage can, and 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 boom, direct direct hit. Now that's impressive enough, Luke. Now factor in there's a pass rush. They're coming to get you. You got to spin out of trouble. There's they're coming to kill you. So he's he did it against a live pass rush. Oh yeah, and the garbage can it's moving. It's moving as fast. 
Ja'Cory Brooks runs. <laughs> that ball dead on the money. I, that was so impressive. And I think, Luke, it is now a foregone conclusion that Bryce will be the first pick in the draft, particularly with the Texans picking first. They need a quarterback. The only way they trade that pick is because someone is so in love with Bryce, they're willing to trade multiple first-round picks to go get him in the Texans spot. So Bryce is going to go number one to the Texans or whoever offers the Texans a deal they cannot refuse. Um, so, and, and to say, hey, that's the best throw of the number one pick's career, that's, that's high stuff. Yeah, because really there may be somebody out there going, hey, what about the pass to J-Mo in the SEC title game last year? My argument there would be, while it was a beautiful pass and not many people can do it, J-Mo was the kind of receiver's like, okay, I'm going I'm to heave it. I'm going to throw it as far as I can. You just run under it. He's like, no problem. I mean, Tyreek Hill is that way, where a lot of times he's so far beyond his defender, he has to wait on the ball because the, the quarterback's not used to throwing to a guy that fast. Um, So I'm with you. I think this was definitely his best pass. Stuart Mandel on Twitter was talking about, um, hey, yeah, Bryce Young's going to be the first pick until some GM, some moronic NFL GM who is trying to make a name for himself and who ironically ultimately will because of this move, <clears throat> he will talk himself into Anthony Richardson or Will Levis for some reason, and then he'll pick them, and that pick will be just god-awful and in, in three or four years, everybody would be like, Bryce Young may be the MVP. And Will Levis is, um, you know, he's become a, an analyst uh, for the, you know, bowl they play in Fenway Park or whatever. And that GM will be fired because of that move. But we're all uh, prone to paralysis by analysis. People will start picking apart Bryce Young. Uh, you know, he did get his shoulder hurt against Arkansas. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not 6'3", y'all. He's not so even 6'2". So this thing is real. I mean, I, I can get. It's real. I can get someone telling an owner, hey, before you give $35 million guaranteed dollars to this quarterback, realize there's never been a highly successful quarterback in this league that's exactly that size. There's never been one. You're given $35 million because you think he's going to be the exception to the rule. Someone is going to say that, and there is a lot of sense in that, but it, his talent will still win out. He will still be, he will still be the first pick. I, I, I believe that 100%. But that conversation will happen, and it's smart to have it. But let me, let me say this about that then. If you believe that, if you believe, okay, I, I can't, you know, throw Drew Brees out the window or some of these other smaller quarterbacks that, that did have success, and you're like, no, nah, he's not Drew Brees, though. He's not Drew Brees. You just, you just believe he's not Drew Brees. You don't think he's good enough. Go ahead. Then don't pick another quarterback because he's clearly the best quarterback. Clearly. Not close. Clearly. Yeah. Well, don't pick Will Levis because you – feel like you can't take Bryce Young. Take Jalen Carter, who, by the way, didn't have a great game last night, or take Will Anderson. Those are two guys that you feel like, okay, these guys are locks to be – they might not be superstars. They might not be. They they could be. But they're locks to be good. So take one of those two dudes. Don't be stupid and take a quarterback that has a much lower floor 
than Bryce Young because you're worried to death about his um, his underwear Olympics. That you, that's what all it is when you go to these uh, uh, what do you call it? draft combines. I mean, it's just how do you look at underwear? Well, mm-hmm. he could have more of a six pack. His thighs don't exactly pop off at you, but what he does is he played in the toughest conference. Did you look at did you look at your wife or something? And she was like, What's Luke talking about? I saw sort of sort of cut your eyes. I was wondering. No, no. Will not confirm or deny. Okay. Anywho, it's not your wife. Should I have not said anything? <laughs> did I, did I, did I, uh I better start confirming then and not denying. <laughs> have I outed you right here on the podcast? All right. Anyway, Bryce Young should be the number one pick. And when we're gonna take a break right now, I'm gonna tell you about LinkedIn. But when we come back, I want to talk more about this paralysis by analysis thing, because I think it ties in to not only stuff that's happened to Alabama, but something that happened to Michigan and something that happened to Ohio State and Georgia. Right now, I do need to tell you about LinkedIn, though. Um, LinkedIn, absolutely awesome. Go check them out as a small business owner or a hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. On LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Telling you, LinkedIn Jobs is the best place to go to get the people you need, and it'll get get them faster. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and 80, well, excuse me, I said 80. 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and helps you do it faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, they'll apply. All right, Jimmy, I want to go back to this paralysis by analysis, which apparently is my phrase of the day. Um, But Number one, we have seen. Uh, I think the gallery not, I, underwear Olympics to paralysis by analysis for underwear Olympics may have. Yeah, that's true. Like that, um, that okay, so here's my thing. I'm done with replay forever. Please get rid of it. It's not working. We don't know how to use it effectively. It, at the at at least make it where the college game is a challenge thing to at least do that. And I also say, either get rid of targeting, either get rid of it, which you're not going to do. It's it's too much of a safety issue now. Or just let them call it on the field, and if they happen to miss one, they miss it. But this stuff where we – um, the thing that happened in Georgia and Ohio State last night, I, maybe, maybe that is not targeting when, when they knocked Marvin Harrison into – uh, 2023, about an hour early. Maybe that's not targeting. Maybe. I'm going to tell you, that's what they got to get out of the sport, though. And I know that there's some people who say, well, this is just a wussification of football continuing. See, that's true. It is, a, if you want to put it this way, it is a wussier, play to, wussier way to play the sport. That's true. But, see, I want to continue to have a sport. So, if we keep – killing people or giving people CTE when they're 20 something years old, the hits like that are going to make it where we don't have this sport anymore. So my point is 
if, if you don't want to call what happened last night in that Georgia play targeting, then you should at least call it unsportsmanlike conduct or right. unnecessary roughness or something. If we're going to review this stuff and we're trying to clean up the game, clean that up. That's number one. Number two, here's why I hate replay. I always will. By the way, you could we could also complain and moan about uh, Bryce Young being targeted in the Tennessee game, which wasn't called and should have been, and it just wasn't, and we know how screwed up that was. But going back to this Michigan game, I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't care if Michigan or TCU wins. I don't care. Michigan scored a touchdown when that dude caught it and his butt landed in the end zone. That's a touchdown. He didn't have full control until he got to the end zone, broke the plane. And because we are so scared that we're going to miss it by this much paralysis by analysis, we overanalyzed this, this picture, this video, this still shot. And finally we said, hey, he's down on like the one blade of grass line. That's BS. He scored. Just say he scored. It's okay. You don't. The review man doesn't have to be so involved that he's like, look, I need to overturn something. I've been sitting over here like a bump on a stump. I got to do something while I'm up here, right? I'm not getting paid to do nothing. That's what it felt like, that they only overturned it because they were like, I need I need to overturn something, it feels like. Why don't I go ahead and do it now? Yeah, you know, you already used the term unnecessary roughness. roughness. If it was up to me, see, I think a big part of the problem with targeting is that we invented this whole new thing. We invented this whole new rule uh it's 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 a very replay dependent we seem to never know what targeting is as fans because i've seen blatant targeting not even called targeting by replay and i've seen things that didn't much look like targeting then confirmed by replay and i don't even know what it is and i watch a, a million hours of football and i still can't tell you what it is but i can tell you that unnecessary roughness was a penalty before targeting and if you hit someone with your head in their head, that is unnecessary rough, unnecessary roughness 50 years ago or 40 years ago. It didn't have to be a new rule. We already had a rule. I think they should get rid of targeting and put it all under the envelope of unnecessary roughness, which then takes into account that Marvin Harrison play. Even if it's not technically targeting, it's too rough. And most importantly, there's another word in that phrase, unnecessary. There's too many unnecessary big hits, particularly high, that should be a penalty. Whether we should suspend people or fine people, I don't know about all that. But I do know that, that playing the game too rough, using your head as a weapon, hitting someone else in their head, Unnecessary roughness should be expanded while we should just get rid of targeting. It should just be under the envelope of unnecessary roughness. I love your idea. I rarely love your ideas. I love this idea. And number one, because see, I think that also gives the official to make the call at his own discretion, kind of like pass interference, kind of like holding, kind, you know, all those things. Right. Um, and I think review unnecessary roughness, right? That's not that doesn't sound like something that's reviewable. That's the official on the field, his judgment right. that play uh, uh, constituted unnecessary roughness. And again, officials make mistakes. We need to learn to live with that. I, I, before we started recording, I'm watching Miami, New England. Uh, um, Mozart, the running back from Miami, clearly fumbles. 
clearly, like didn't have time to have his forward progress stopped. And the official said, well, his forward progress was stopped. It was BS, it's a bad call, and it's non-reviewable. But And guess what? New England and Miami still had to play the game. Nobody just protested. We all get it. You miss calls. So if they miss a call occasionally, that's fine. What bothers me is when you call a play, of, or you're like, targeting's under review. We didn't really call it, but we don't want to be wrong or really right yet, so let's just go ahead and see what's happened. And then you review that. And I, I mean, I was clearly thinking, yeah, that's – I don't know about targeting, but that – looks malicious that that's not right we we're trying to get that out of the game they were like eh, no big whoop and marvin harrison can't play anymore i mean it's it, it it's just a bad precedent that they set with that last night if you ask me and again i understand some people out there like in my day we used to take people's heads off that's right and we started running out of people who were playing the sport so we had to change the rules now we've changed the rules without really having a plan this is like saying you know what? I think I want to be a millionaire next year. I think I want to save enough to be a millionaire. How you plan on doing that? Oh, you mean I got to do something? Uh, you know, I was just going to be one. I was just going to do it. Like next year is like, here's a million dollars. Somebody's going to do that. Right. Um, anyway, I, I, it just bothered me watching the replay yesterday. It just not so much the, the Ohio state Georgia thing. Okay. I mean, again, I, you can explain that away. Um, but the Michigan thing, I see, and I think that, Michigan had plenty of time to come back and screwed up many more times after that. But my God, I mean, that, that does sort of change the game. That was a touchdown. I also thought there was targeting at the very end of the game. The yes. hit, the hit. Yes. On Michigan. I thought it was targeting live. I mean, live, I thought it was targeting. Then they showed the replay and I'm like, isn't that about the most obvious targeting that you'll ever see? And they said no targeting. And that's when, that's when I'm like in my head, like forever, they got to get rid of this because what are we doing? If that's not targeting, Wait, that should be unnecessary roughness. Yeah, I agree. Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about betonline.net. Betonline.net is where you want to go to get that bet in. Love betonline.net. You know, every now and again, um, betonline.net, like if I hadn't, you know, put a bet in for a little bit, they'll send me an email saying like, here, you have a drawing to get like anywhere between 10 and $30 worth of free credit that you can do whatever with. And then you like go to, you go there and you just pick a card and I've gotten $30 just free to mess around with. I'm, $30 ain't going to get you rich. It's not going to make you that millionaire I was talking about, but it's fun. And it lets you bet on a game. If you want to bet on a game, it lets you play some poker. It lets you do whatever you want to do. Go to betonline.net. They care about you. They want you to play, and they want you to have fun. You can bet on NBA. You can bet on Major League Baseball. You can bet on college football. You can bet on odds. You can bet on NFL. Whatever you want, they got it over at betonline.net. You will absolutely love it. Go check them out. BetOnline.net is where uh, the game starts. Now, Jimmy, we've been talking about uh, Sugar Bowl stuff a lot, and we should. One thing that <laughs> nothing captures Alabama and Alabama fandom, like Kevin Skarbinski writing an article. After we beat the living tar out of the Big 12 champs, and we do it in essentially a quarter and a half because they used – 10 minutes on one drive in the second quarter. We didn't wake up until about right at the end of the first quarter. And then the last bit of the game didn't matter because we were so far ahead. But I'm not even reading this article because I don't want to give Skarbinski the click. But I just – I knew this was coming. This from AL.com. Skarbinski says, winning the Sugar Bowl, that way makes – that way makes Alabama season even harder to bear. So 
No, don't don't celebrate your win in the Sugar Bowl. Be pissed that you didn't do even more. That's what that that's what that headline's really saying. And I know that's the Alabama fan way. I know when we beat Texas A&M 56 to nothing, we're like really should have been 57 to nothing. We should have gone for two earlier. I know that's how we do. I understand it. It's not a great way to live now that I'm 50 and we're in 2023. Let's all realize that we can have an Alabama standard and still when we beat the big 12 champion into a pulp in, into, we grind them into uh, Mardi Gras bead dust right there on bourbon street that we can say that was pretty fun. Y'all, you know, it does set off a rant uh, for me and uh, it, it immediately, and it's so true. And of course, Skarbinski is not really an Alabama fan, but it is the Alabama fandom mindset to just never be happy with anything. And some of it comes from Nick Saban, to be honest. I mean, Nick Saban's the one that talks about playing to the standard 60 minutes in every game. And and, and when he should expect that we're going to grumble because he's the one that sort of set it there, you know. But but uh, you make an excellent point. And, and what it brings to mind for me is uh, something of a life-changing moment for me that I'll always remember and it's on this very subject, Luke, it's 2017, okay? So 2017 season, and uh, we had lost our finale to Auburn, uh, and it, we weren't sure we were going to make the playoff. And we did make the playoff. Uh, we, we were the fourth seed and kind of shocked people. And in the semifinal, uh, we're playing number one seed Clemson. And we're just coming off a loss at Auburn, and we didn't look good at all, particularly on offense. We looked really bad. And – we're playing Clemson, and I think we were probably favored by the Vegas odds, even though they were number one and we were number four. But if you read the Alabama boards that week and Alabama Twitter and Alabama social media, you knew our fans, well over 50%, if not 75%, gave us no chance at all to beat Clemson. No chance at all. I mean, we, look, we just lost at Auburn. They're bad. They're not very good, and we can't beat Auburn. How in the world are we going to beat the defending national champion Clemson Tigers? We can't beat them. We're not good enough. We don't have a good enough quarterback to do that unless we play the other guy. That, that was kind of what the thought was all the time. So we go into New Orleans and we play Clemson, even though Vegas may say we're not the underdog. It certainly felt like Alabama was the underdog per Alabama fans. And guess what? You win the game. Unbelievable defensive performance. The offense does just enough to win the game, doesn't give the game away, does just enough to win, but the defense was great. And you beat Clemson Pretty convincingly, this was not a game that in the fourth quarter we were just holding on or we needed a last-second field goal. We just flat-out beat Clemson. I am so excited. I, I mean, that's as good as I've ever felt after any Alabama win because expected. And it was in the playoffs, and it was against the defending national champs and Dabo, and we beat Clemson. And, and then I get in the, in the bus to get home, and I immediately flip on Alabama uh, social media and Twitter, ready to celebrate with all my friends, and it ends up, Ends up, what I read is, oh, great. How in the world can we beat Georgia playing like that? We'll never beat Georgia playing like that. The offense continues to stink. No celebration. You just won the Sugar Bowl. You just beat the number one team when no one thought they would win. But there wasn't even a celebration. It was just more, oh, God, our offense stinks. The quarterback's terrible. Uh, you know, we're never going to win. And by the way, oh, we did win. We did win the national championship. Uh, and, and no one talks about that two to three or four week stretch when we wanted to fire everybody and, and, and dump all the players. And, and, and it's just really frustrating 
to me, Luke, when we don't as fans celebrate our successes. The only the only success that we celebrate is a national championship. Everything else is an abject disaster. Even when you do things like beat the Big 12 champs, oh, well, how did you not beat Tennessee? How did you not beat LSU? You know, it's your fault you're not in the playoffs. You're the one that lost those games. Can't we? I like the idea that we celebrate and we beat Southern Miss because I've seen us lose to them. I mean, when we win the SEC or win the SEC West or or beat Auburn, we should be celebrating all of those things because one day we're going to have a program again where those things don't happen all the time or regularly at all. And I guess hopefully I'll be around to remind people, yeah, y'all used to not celebrate when we beat Clemson in the Sugar Bowl in the playoffs. You used to, to, to lament those wins because it just wasn't good enough. Uh, and, and it is a real, I would say it's the biggest negative or the biggest shame of our purpose, not celebrating anything at all other than winning the national championship. Oh, and you better do that looking good or people are going to grumble that that game was close or that the offense didn't score enough points. Yeah, it's, we all need to do a better job of enjoying the moment. Um, all right, so a couple of things really quickly, just odding in stuff. Uh, Jermaine Burton will be coming back. We kind of already knew that. Malachi Moore essentially announced he'll be back. I mean, not many people probably thought Malachi Moore would be – I think Malachi Moore was probably more a threat to transfer than to go pro. Um, that's just based off rumor. But but regardless, he's coming back, and I'm happy, and um, I think that's great. Uh, no word from any of the other guys that uh, are really out there, like Bryce Young, but he's gone. Will Anderson gone. Bryce Brian Branch, I would assume gone. Um, I think I, I would put the brakes on Branch in, in this sense. I am totally Bryce and Will are gone for sure. There, there, there'd be nuts for coming back. Frankly, right. Bryce and Will are gone. I think Jameer Gibbs is almost certainly gone too, just simply because of the position he plays. Not that he couldn't improve, not that he couldn't help us, not that maybe if he comes back, he might even go a little bit higher. But I, I, I'm just junior running backs that are day two picks or better, they, they should go. So I, I think Gibbs is gone. From that point on with juniors, I'm not sure. But but Brian Branch is probably going to leave, and it's probably the right thing to do. But I'm using probabilities because I'm not 100% sure. He fits the profile of guys that come back. And uh, one year ago, one of the things I was right about, I'm not right about much, so I need to bring it up when I'm right. Uh, a year ago, everyone assumed Jordan Battle would leave, and, and I thought he would stay, and he did. Uh, I think there's a chance Branch stays for many of the same reasons. So uh, uh, I'm not convinced Branch is leaving. I'm going to put – and I'm going to put Eli Ricks as possibly leaving. Whereas about a month ago, I would have told you for sure Eli Ricks was going to either go to the NFL or transfer. I'm now believing – most likely Eli Ricks will return to Alabama next season, which is great, uh, you know, in terms of, man, we'll have maybe the best cornerback duo in college football next season. But uh, I, I think Branch is more of a probably than a certainty. I'm with you on that. Um, I wish we had a little bit more time to talk about the basketball team. Huge road win. Uh, you know, Brandon Miller still is just – he's just incredible. Uh, Brandon Miller is my basketball Bryce Young at this point. But um, 
Yeah. So we'll talk about basketball maybe tomorrow a little bit because uh, we want to have a little bit of a preview of Alabama Ole Miss. Huge game this weekend, Alabama-Kentucky, hosting Kentucky at noon. Uh, that one's going to be a lot of fun. Need a huge crowd there, guys. I'm just telling you immediately, I know Kentucky is not Kentucky of old right now. They were bludgeoned at Missouri. Uh, they got a tough game at home against LSU on uh, maybe Tuesday night. I'm not sure, but – Man, Kentucky's still Kentucky, so let's let's show out on Saturday. But until then, Jimmy, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide. <laughs>